Happy Sunday night, everybody, and welcome to another handsome episode of your favorite Mad Men show, Made Men, where today I watched season six, episode 12, The Quality of Mercy. But before we uh, delve in on this episode, why don't we take a moment to listen to today's sponsor, followed by a very special voicemail from your favorite voicemail provider, Raphael. Hey, this is Raphael. Uh, We're talking about quality of mercy. A few story uh, items that kind of popped out to me. Obviously, Don... Um, observing the relationship between Ted and Peggy. I actually thought that, that this was probably um, one of the few episodes I've seen in a while where Don was really clear, had a, a really clear sense of head and was able to observe things uh, very acutely, um, kind of observing um, Ted and Peggy. And also the dynamic of Pete um, and his battles with finding out who Bob Benson really is. So... Really quick, let's start with Don. Uh, again, Don wasn't feeling well when he first started off the episode, but now he was feeling really clear. Um, his uh, daily life with Megan, his wife, was fine. Um, but then most of the episode was centered around him just kind of interacting with Ted and with Peggy and kind of observing the peculiar things that you would see, the interactions between those two. I will say that uh, he used that uh, ad meeting, uh, with, I think it was St. Joseph's, to kind of put them both in check. Um, he still kind of did it for his own benefit, though. Um, kind of selfish of him to do that rather than doing it privately with Ted. But it was more along the lines of just really kind of setting the tone and letting Ted know that I know what you're up to, I know what you're doing. Only because I think Peggy still has, a, uh, still tugs a lot of heartstrings in Don as a kind of a working relationship. So it's not kind of seen. Her being monopolized by Ted, I think, really takes a toll on him uh, subconsciously. Uh, let's talk about Pete now. Pete uh, is trying to find more recognition. He's trying to find more worth within the company. Uh, Ken recently uh, got injured in his, in his uh, client meeting in Detroit while hunting. So now he's using that as an opportunity to get more into the graces of the client side. He concocts some plan with Ken to uh, be the account man, uh, to be back on the ground, to be on the client side and to meet with them weekly, uh, especially since he no longer has, um, he's no longer monopolized by his family since he's separated. Uh, so he sees this as a good opportunity to get back into the swing of things and get back in the game. Um, Cutler, uh, Cutler, Cutler Cooper and Sterling have uh, different, a different decision to make and they choose Bob. Bob to be that guy to be on the client side, especially since he's already uh, exhausted effort to uh, build a relationship with Chevy. Uh, Pete doesn't like that. He sees Bob as a, an obstacle, an obstacle in his progression, in his life, in his in his profession. So he calls Duck uh, to kind of investigate who is this guy, who is Bob, and Duck returns back some pretty peculiar information. Basically, the information states that Bob Benson is kind of similar to Don Draper, except uh, a younger version of Don, a younger kind of still kind of advancing in the ranks con man. And uh, Pete says that, you know, when Doug says, 
I've never seen this type of person before. And Pete says, I have before, referring to Don. So his kind of um, take is to kind of approach Bob and to make him known, to air out his faulty uh, personality. But then at that moment, he realizes that he's going to play the game right because now he's at a level of position that can control Bob because Bob is no longer at the, he's not at the level just yet as Don was. As we remember, when Pete tried to out Don to Bert, Bert was like, I don't care because I already know who Don is as a person. So now Pete has the, so now Pete has the opportunity to leverage this. And he's basically going to use Bob as an asset to him. And he knows, Bob now knows that Pete knows about him and will fall in line. So I think, I think Pete's going to use that in the future for his own benefit. Overall, I enjoyed the episode. It was a really good episode. I also want to say, too, I really enjoyed the kind of the, the looped sounds in there. If you notice, if you hear it again, especially in the meetings as they get up from the seats, you can hear the leather, the leather making noises as they get up. You can hear the leather of Don's shoes as he's walking. I thought it was a really peculiar thing to add into the episode, but it adds color and it adds uh, substance to, the, to that era of time and especially in the workplace. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye. Oh, what a great sponsor and great points, Raphael, even though I haven't listened to your voicemail yet because I don't want it to cloud my opinions in any way. But I'm sure it was good because it always is. Now, you may hear a uh, distinct deepness in my voice. It may sound smoother and more sultry uh, than you're used to. And that's because last night I went to the uh, New England Patriots playoff game. It was cold. It was rainy. Uh, my wife and I won tickets. So we had great seats, uh, free parking, and the Patriots blew it and lost. So I'm, I'm just depressed. Didn't get home till 1.30 a.m. last night and uh, just uh, was very tired. So I had no... Uh, it was like I, I didn't do much today except walk my dog. So it, it's, 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 you know, Sunday night. It's 7.30, and I said, you know what? It's time to watch Mad Men. I'm not going to let a, a week go by where I don't talk about an episode. And this was a fun, cool little episode. Uh, the Quality of Mercy. It opens up with Megan in the uh, hotel room. We could stick with Megan's storyline, or we could just go through chronologically. And because I have my laptop right in front of me, why don't we go chronologically? Uh, Megan wakes up to see that Don's not in bed. She goes over to what I assume is Bobby's bedroom and sees Don sleeping on the bed there. And he's kind of curled up in this little, like, like a little kid. It's like Michael Scott sleeping on the hope chest uh, while Jan takes the whole bed. Uh, it's, you know, he's just kind of like curled up there. But he is, you can see he's, he's not feeling good or not looking good. Like he looks overtired. He looks sick. He looks sweaty, and she sees it. She's like, you need to, uh, you know, he got in late, and she's, he's like, I don't want to bother you. She's like, you need to, you know, slow down whatever it is you're doing. Take a day off. Because, uh, you know, he's sitting there. He's got orange juice in the morning, but what is he doing? He's pouring alcohol, pouring, pouring something into his, uh, into his, his liquor, into his orange juice, probably making it, no, a screwdriver is specifically like champagne, right? So he, um... Whatever he's doing, you know, he, he's needing it to get into the morning. 
And, um, you know, it, it, to me, it all stems back to Sally. The last episode, Sally walking in on him. It's really thrown him for a loop, dare I say. I don't know why I would say dare I say. It's thrown him for a loop. Um, and we will see some of the um, fallout of that throughout this episode. Now, we cut over to Ken. And um, this is, uh, I guess, is this the last time we see old two-eyed Ken? Oh, two-eyed Ken. He was one of my favorites. Um He's walking along with the Chevy guys, which you could see they're just dopey, rich dudes. They're out hunting, and one of them turns, watching a duck. I think it's a duck, right? Go by, turns right in the in the uh, well with Ken in the line of sight, and boom, shoots him. He goes, "Oh shit!" Ken, you just see Ken lying there, lifeless. Now, Netflix, they bother me because. They, in a way, Netflix spoils spoils people on shows. You, you know what I mean by that is you want to watch a show, Mad Men. And I'm watching another show right now, Halt and Catch Fire, another great show. But the, the art you see, that first thing you see when you watch the show is like uh, the cast photo. But it's the last season uh, of the cast. So all of a sudden, people are there, people are different. On Halt and Catch Fire, there's these two like teenage girls that aren't even in the first like three seasons of the of the show. Uh, and then I realized, you know, well, I'm not going to get into it uh, in case you've never seen the show. But it's funny that it ties in because one of the teenage actresses is also in this episode of Mad Men. What a small world! But my point is, is watching um, Mad Men from the first time, you see Ken with an eye patch, and you know, it's like. What? So all this time, I'm thinking to myself, when am I going to see, how is he going to lose his eye, you know? And there was the episode a little while ago where he was in a car accident with the um, with the, with the Chevy guys, and they're covering his eyes, and I thought, this is it. This is what gives him the car accident. But no, it doesn't. It just um, had him, you know, on a crutch. Uh, this is it. And um, we could stick with... Uh, Ken's story if we want but no I'm gonna so Ken gets shot we jump back to uh, Don and Don is just kind of sitting at home he is he just looks like me when I'm sick where I just kind of sit there and you flip the channels and you don't want to watch anything but you also can't stop watching um, and I swear he's watching a Richard Nixon ad political ad and I swear to God I thought Robert De Niro was in it maybe he is I don't know but it definitely looked like a uh, young De Niro in, in the Zed. I have no idea. But, um, and then he flips by and sees, um, uh, uh, Megan soap opera, which, you know, she's like, oh, you didn't, uh, you didn't pick up the phone. And she did like a French accent. He just kind of, he looks for a second. He's like, huh? Cause he's not usually home. So he never sees this. He's like, huh? And then he flips right on to like the Patty Duke show. I think it was, he looked at her for a second and then just moved right on. Um, we cut over to, uh, Oh, no, he gets a phone call, and it's Betty. Um, Betty uh, is with Sally, or talking about Sally, because uh, she's like, oh, Betty, um, Sally's not going to go this weekend. And he's like, oh, if it makes you feel any better, I'm not going to be there. Um, she's like, why would he care about that? Why would she care about that? So, obviously, they were doing something for the family. Um, they didn't really go into that anymore, right? 
they're doing something and Sally didn't want to go. And Don's like, well, you know, when, I'm not going to be there. And she's like, why would she care about that? So that was Don saying, you know, um, obviously he, if Sally doesn't want to be there because of me, you know, don't let, don't make that a big deal. Um, and, but Betty was like, Betty didn't even know. She's like, what are you talking about? And, um, then, uh, what's his name? Oh, oh my God. I've completely lost track. Oh, she says, um, you know, uh, uh, Sally's, oh, I'm thinking about putting her in boarding school. And Don's right away. He's like, I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it all. You know, it's, that's his little guilt. He'll do whatever she, if she wants it, she'll do it because that's where Henry Francis is. No, wait a minute. <clears throat> Henry Francis's daughter. I don't know if that's very good. I think I have to talk a little, but there's no Henry Francis in this episode. Uh, but his daughter went to the boarding school too. And so Sally is interested or Betty's interested in Sally going to the boarding school. Um, you know what? Why don't we stick with the boarding school storyline? Why, why not? There's really, you know, not much else uh, to talk about there. So boarding school storyline. Um, Sally gets dropped off at this place. She doesn't seem all that into it. But um, she gets there and she's going to be, you know, um, kind of not supervised, but like shown the ropes by these two girls. And one of the girls is the, is uh, in the last season of Halt and Catch Fire. And she's in Supernatural. She's in a bunch of different stuff. I think she's on Little Big Lies right now, too. I, I looked it up because I was like, wait, that's the same girl, right? She's younger in this one. She's, looks, she's like, a, you know, a little kid. Well, a young teenager. But um, the big thing with um, with them is that they, you know, you think this is stuffy boarding house and they're all like, uh, they're like hazing her, you know, you're not allowed to talk. You got to get us what we want, blah, blah, blah. And Sally's like, I can do whatever you need. I can get you whatever you want. She has that, you know, that Don Draper in her that she can make a deal. Uh, so what does she do? She gets boys to come over. She calls Glenn. Glenn comes over with his friend Rolo. And Glenn is like, he's like cool dude now. He's got the sideburns. He's got the, 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 the um, flak jacket, whatever you call that kind of jacket, that uh, army jacket with all the, um, all the, all these pins on it. And he's still very much like, hello, I'm Glenn. Nice to meet you. Like something about him. He's not like the greatest actor. I, or maybe he is. Maybe he's just, his stiff delivery is just like, he's like, hey, how are you? Okay, I'm going to go. Let's, let's drink. Let's have, let's smoke some pot. And Rolo's there. And, and basically one girl left because she didn't want to deal with the boys. Um, Glenn went in with the, with the blonde girl and uh, Rolo hung out with Sally. And he tried to get, you know, kissy kissy with Sally. She wasn't into it. She knocks on the door. Glenn comes out and beats the crap out of his friend because he's like, what are you doing? She's my sister. She's like a sister to me. And she's like, I'm really sorry. And he goes, oh, I don't mind. That's all right. I have to go. He's my ride. He goes, nice to see you. Say hi to your parents. Um, that made me like Glenn more than anything ever. Like, you know, when he asked for some of Betty's hair, creepy, right? But then later on when he's he's in his football uniform hanging out with Sally in the, uh, in, you know, the back, in the dirt roads, he was a little more likable. He calls her. They spent the day together. They went to an army. Um, they went to a museum. An army. They went to a museum. Um, you could see he was just like kind of likable, a little more likable. And with this, I was just like, damn, Glenn, big fan, big fan. Um, and then the next day, Betty picks her up. They're driving home and Betty lets her have a cigarette. 
and she tell oh first she she tells her you know that they would like to have you there and Sally's like oh she tries to play it cool but you can see she smiles because she liked it there she liked uh, meeting those girls and um he let baby let her have a cigarette and she's like ah, I might as well have you do it now instead of behind my back you know I'm sure your father lets you've had drinks I'm sure your father's given you a drink and she says my father's never given me anything oh my god you can see Betty was like what and. Sally's delivery of that line was like crushing, heartbreaking, and awesome. Just my father's never given me anything. You know, it's not, she's not saying, you know, my father doesn't, um, doesn't, hasn't, you know, given me a drink. It's my father doesn't, hasn't done anything for me. You know, I loved it. I loved it. I loved that line. And that was really the end of, of, of that story. Um, so why don't we jump back over to Don Draper and um, or why don't we do the Ken storyline? Get let's get let's finish the Ken storyline. So he he's back at work. His face is a little scarred up. He's got an eye patch. Peter's like, what the hell? You know, he's kind of checking on him. And um, Ken is like, look, I am done with Chevy. I can't do this anymore. I have a kid coming on the way. They almost killed me twice. I can't do this. I hate these guys. They don't care. As long as things are good, you know, I need to get out of this. And Pete is like, that is career suicide. You'd be left out of the building. Never mind. You'd be left out of advertising. And he's, you know, he kind of basically it goes from that to Kent to Pete realizing that he has an opportunity. And Pete's like, you know what? I will support you. I will. um, I will allow um, if you want to do this. We can help you transition. I can take over and you can back me. I can back you, blah, blah, blah. Basically, what it, what was actually happening was Pete was Pete saw an opportunity and he took it. And you know what? Ken doesn't care. Ken wants someone to take this opportunity because he does not want this anymore. Uh, so they meet with some of the partners. They meet with, I never remember his name, Harry Hamlin, I'll call him. And he's, he, I love Harry Hamlin in this. He's very... Matter of fact, like emotionless, he's almost like a like a Vulcan. Um, he he, uh, it's him and um, Don and Bert, and they um, they they go in and you know Ken is complaining about um, about them about um, Chevy and how he doesn't want them to be on the on them anymore. And um, he's like, I know I want to do this. I, you know, this is what I want to do. I want Pete to take over. And Pete, um, oh, well, they also went, I'm sorry, Pete goes in the office to tell them. And because, uh, quote, unquote, Pete was supposed to almost not know. And Bob is there. And then Ken goes on about not, you know, being with them. And Harry Hamlin's like, are you sure? He goes, I once had a, a client cut my wife's breast. And, and, and then Roger says, you know, um, Lee, uh, what is it? Lloyd Garner, Lee Garner Jr. Um, made me cup his balls or grab his balls. And the look on Bert's face when he heard that, he just looked right at Roger, almost like he wasn't expecting it. Lee Garner, it was, I, it was hilarious. I actually rewound it to watch that again. Um, but he, the thing is, is so Ken is going to stay on in New York because they like Ken and they want someone there that knows. Pete's going to take over for the Detroit stuff. Now, and Ken was like, what about your family? But Pete's like, you know, I'm separated from Trudy. I see Tammy every other weekend. He's like, I'm sorry about that. Um, but Pete isn't. Pete just cares about having his uh, having his uh, profession, just, just looking at an opportunity and taking it. 
who cares what Pete thinks, honestly, right? But Bob, they want Bob. They want Bob there too. Bob has a relationship with Chevy, and um, Bob is in with Pete. Bob has to work with Pete. They leave the office, and uh, he's like, I don't want you working on this. I want you doing something else. Bob's like, what are you talking about? He goes, you're sick. He's sick because he, he, he might be gay. And, and he thinks, he goes, you tell me you didn't come on to me? He goes, I was just you know, showing affection to you as a friend, even though he, you know, he rubbed his knee looking for something. Which he didn't get, and, and Pete calls him "quote unquote" sick, which is just so sad. Um, but what does Pete do? Pete goes and calls uh, Duck, who's a headhunter now, to and gives him a thousand bucks to look into Bob. He he looked for opportunities for Bob, so Bob has better opportunities, so he can push him out. But what does Duck find? Duck finds that Bob isn't really who he says he is like he worked at a firm but he was like the like almost the manservant of of a of another of a partner i think does he mean like the like the gay young boyfriend of a partner i wasn't sure um but he he they couldn't find it like any info on where he went to college all these things that just didn't add up and he's like i've never seen this before and pete's like i have and he's thinking of don draper um they um Later on in the episode, he he confronts Bob, and he says, "Listen, I I he, he calls him out on all those things, and you know Bob's like, give me a give me a head start, give me a day head start. He was just gonna run again, and Pete's like, no, because apparently this, I guess Chevy cares about Bob, Don, and Pete wants Chevy, so he's like, no, you're gonna stay on, you're gonna listen to me, you're gonna you're gonna do everything I want." He now has he now has um, leverage over over Bob, uh, and he's using it. And he says to get Manolo away from his mother. He's like Manolo doesn't even like women. He's like make sure of it. Make sure I think he means make sure that he stays away from my mother, not make sure he doesn't like women. Uh, because Don, Pete's mother did come in with his uh, her new nurse and mentioned that uh, they ran into Manolo, and that pissed Pete off. He yelled at the new nurse, this woman. He's like you, you, you're you're really um, jeopardizing your position, um, but I think that was the end of that storyline. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything else. It was just they. Uh, Pete now has Bob under his wings. He can do whatever he wants, or he can get him to do whatever he wants. So let's jump over to, back over to Don. Uh, Don is you know home still watching TV. Uh, Megan comes in and says, you know, you can, you can do that in here. And he just kind of sits there. Uh, and she's like, all right, you need to, oh no, I'm sorry. That's not what happens. So Dawn, she comes home later and Dawn's feeling better, looking better. And, um, uh, she's like, um, you look better. You, you feel better. And, and then gets a call from Harry that Sunkist is now very interested in um, in commer- in commercials, in doing television, and that changes everything. But Don's like, nope, I can't do that because we have Ocean Spray already. Tell them to shut it down. So Megan's pissed off that he was even working, and um, she's like, come on, let's go. And they go to a movie, a very scary movie, which they don't ever tell us what it is, right? Do they ever say the title? But we just figure it out for ourselves. It's Rosemary's Baby. Um, now, earlier in the episode, we do see uh, Ted and Peggy and um, and what's his name? Um, I can't think of his name. Ted and Peggy are working on a uh, 
a campaign working on all the cranberry juice stuff. So they're drinking ocean spray, cran this, cran apple, cran prune. They're giggling and laughing. And Ted is laughing at everything uh, that Peggy says. And um, Michael with the mustache. Why don't I remember his last name? I can't believe I don't. I can't remember his last name. Um, but uh, he's like, I gotta go. I gotta take a leak. And he just did that to see if they would listen to anything that Peggy isn't saying. They all can see that that Ted and Peggy are um, are like silly, giddy, flirty with each other. Uh, so later on, when Don is you know homesick, but he's at the movies with Megan, he gets up and surprised that who's at the movies, but Peggy and Ted. And they looked a little shocked to see him, but they're like, Peggy's like, oh, we're doing research for the new. Uh, the new campaign we're working on, Saint something or other, isn't it like a cream or something? Um, we're doing we're doing a commercial, you know, we're we're doing research, and she said there was a Japanese man in it, and I don't remember, so I we we I said there isn't. He goes, oh, so you've seen the movie already? He goes, yeah, but obviously I don't remember it better. Don could see right away there's something going on here. He could see it; it was like obvious to him. Um, Peggy's like, well, I have to go; I have a date, you know, real trying to cover up for it, but. Um, He's like, do you want to go out to dinner with us? He's like, no, no, I, I have to go. And Don calls, um, you know, says it to Megan. Like, can you see what, what they're doing there? She's like, oh, who cares? Why do you care so much? He's like, oh, I don't know why he cares so much. Maybe because of what he did or something. But he's like, do you see what um, what they're doing there? I think it probably because he's worried about the firm, maybe. Um, and she's like, oh, well, remember us? And he's like, I have to make a phone call. Um, so I guess he called. I'm, get, I'm guessing. He called. Um, he called Harry back because the next day they have a meeting, and um, it's it's just the main some of the main partners. So it's Harry Hamlin, Ted, Roger, and Donald Draper, and they um, they go into the office, and Don's like, "Look, I want to tell you right now." He tells him about um, you know the the big thing with uh, Sunkist. And Harry Hamlin's like, what? No, um, Ted's like, this is a conflict of interest. He's like, it's too big to, you know, to ignore. Okay, so I had to turn off my recorder for a second. So if, if I'm completely off right now, and you're like, what the hell just happened? Uh, blame my memory because where I think we left off was um, that... Don was freaked out about, uh, about, or he was, he was very, uh, confused about Peggy and, uh, nope, I remember now. So they go into the, um, into the meeting to talk about, uh, ocean spray over Sunkiss and, um, Don kind of, Don and Rogers like talks about this being $8 million and Harry Hamlin even had to be like, look, um, we side with Ocean Spray. And it looks like, no, you know what it was? Um, Ocean Spray doesn't care. Just keep working on Ocean Spray and um, we're still going to get Sunkiss. Ocean Sp- Sunkiss didn't care. And, um, oh, they have to let Ocean Spray know, I guess. Maybe they're letting Ocean Spray down. I forget. And I just watched this 10 minutes ago. But either way, they're getting Sunkiss because Sunkiss, guess what? It's going to be a lot more money. And Ted was like, maybe we should uh, we should get uh, Peggy on this. And um, he's like, yeah, okay. You know, Peggy, again, pushing Peggy, pushing Peggy, which is fine because 
Peggy's the best. But you could see that Don, um, Don could see what the heck was going on between, uh, between them, between Peggy and uh, Ted. And it wasn't like overtly inappropriate. It was just like Ted was playing favorites. Uh, so Don walks by and sees Peggy and, and, and Ted in the conference room with Joan laughing, laughing, having, you know, laughing at all these headshots. Don's like, oh, what's going on? This is the best photo these people are ever going to take. And they're laughing because they have the idea for a spot for, I think it's called St. Johnson's again. I'm not sure. Um, but I think it's a cream for babies. And the big spot is the Rosemary's baby. I take on that. So it's, it's the point of view of the baby. They have Don sit down to act it out. And Don's like going wham wham, and Peggy is like, um, Peggy's playing a character, Ted's playing a character, and they're all like, you need this, and you need that, and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then it turns, the, the screen goes white, and um, after a Japanese, he calls it a Japanese, after a Japanese takes a photo, the screen goes white, and then the young mother comes up, and Don really noticed that Ted put his hand on her hip to guide Peggy up as the daughter, as the, the mother. And says, all you need is this product, St. Justin's or St. Catherine's or St. Johnson's. I don't remember. Um, but it was a good idea for an ad. Uh, Don's like, wow, you, you really didn't even... It works if you know the movie. It works if you don't know the movie. In other words, you didn't have to go see the movie. Um, so that's a poor excuse. But they're like, oh, well, uh, this is going to be um, a lot of casting. And they're like, we, we need to get down to casting, the casting the right people. They're talking about eight or nine people. So they run off to do casting. And Don's like, how much is it going to be? And they were like, Peggy was like, we have $35,000 in residuals even right here. So that would mean the ad ad is good, ad uh, budget is going to go up. So um, they have a meeting later with um, the Sunkiss people. Oh, not the Sunkiss people. The St. Johnson's people. They come in for a meeting. They sit down. And, um, oh, I'm sorry. What happened was Ted came back from, um, casting and he's like, did you run a budget and send them over a budget? Don's like, yeah, I thought we'd want to get ahead of this. So Don wanted to get ahead of the whole thing of the budget being way more going from, uh, going from 15 to 50. And, um, Don was like, we need to, Don kind of did it behind Ted's back, but he's like, I, you know, we need, this is what we need to do. Um, Ted's like, I need to turn a no into a yes now. He's like, well, wouldn't you have had to, had to anyway? And he's like, but this, the work is such great work. And Don, he's like, yeah, I understand. I know what's going on here. Um, you know, um, and then they go into the meeting and the guy's like, you know, how come it went so high? And Ted's like, you don't understand. This is such a great idea. You know, this is what happened. Rising costs. He's like, yeah, but I, I'm, you know how much shit I'm getting from having to, um, to say it's going from this amount to this amount, we, you know, that's not what we agreed on. Your job is to give me what you can give me on the price agreed on. And Don steps in and Don says, look it, it's not about that. Why don't you tell him what's about Ted? Ted, the, the color drained from Ted's face. It drained from Peggy's face where Don was going to say, look, these two are, have a really close relationship and Ted wants to impress Ted wants to impress Peggy. Ted's doing this for his girl, Peggy. The quote unquote, they're having an affair. These are all the things that Don makes them think he's going to say. He's like, Are you going to make me say it? They don't want to say it. I'm going to say it. 
And then he says, "This was um, the the fella who died, the the partner. This was his this was his last idea." And the guy's like, "Well, why didn't you tell me that? He was always a good guy." And you could see Ted like, like breathe, like oh, but he was like freaked out. Peggy was like trembling, and um, the guy's like, "I mean, I can do it for twenty five. That's the most I can do. Cut people if you have to. Make it happen for twenty five, and you got yourself a deal." So. Don made it work. He upped their their price by ten thousand, even though it's lower than what they originally had. And the guy shook his hand, and um, Joan will see them out. And they're looking at Ted, and Ted goes, "Please give us the room." Peggy leaves. He's like, "What the hell are you doing?" He goes, "You know what the hell are you doing?" He goes, and so he calls him out on it, saying, "You know, you, you know, I understand, um, you know, uh, you know what I know exactly what you're doing there." You're trying to impress her because she's got, you got pretty eyes. We've all been there. Well, not with Peggy, but we've all been there. And Ted was like, well, I don't know what you're talking about, but you can see he did. I thought we were going to see Peggy in the other room listening in with the, with the, uh, the little speaker. But then Peggy goes into Don's office later to yell, to yell at him, like, what the hell was that? He goes, I saved you guys. He's, what do you, what do you mean you saved, uh, you saved me or whatever? She's like, he's like, I saved the account. That was uncalled for. You don't have to do that. You, you don't know what you're talking about. He's like, oh, don't I? And he's like, I, I, I did what's right for the firm. And she's like, you're a monster. And she leaves and slams the door. And then the la- he just kind of curls up on his couch in the exact same position that he was sitting in Bobby's bed when he was sick at the beginning of the episode. It's like um, full circle. I don't know what it's called. You know, It's a callback or something. Uh, but yeah, that that's it, my friends. That covers the episode, The Quality of Mercy. The Quality of Mercy. Like, I typed that in, and that's either a saying or a book or something, because there were other episodes with that title, so it's it's something. And what is The Quality of Mercy? I mean, I'm trying to think where that fits. Maybe Don's looking for mercy from Sally, and he's trying to make things right. Um, Don showed mercy by not really calling out Peggy and Ted, even though he sees it. I, I'm not sure where it plays this episode. Pete showed Bob mercy, but he only did it for his own personal gains. So there you go. That's good. That's a good thing right there. Um, so where, where do we land with this? Don is panicked still about Sally, but he wouldn't mind her going to a um, boarding school. Maybe just to kind of get her out of the picture so she doesn't ever actually say anything to Megan. Uh, but he did say to Betty at one point, you know, please tell her that Megan and I, Megan, that we miss her. So it's been a little while and Sally hasn't gone to visit. Um, she did like her boarding school and um, maybe we'll meet those people again. And Glenn was there and Glenn stepped up. He, he'll, he'll do anything, anything for Sally. And you could see the little smile on Sally's face. She liked that Glenn was doing that. She felt protected by Glenn. Glenn sees her as a sister, but you never know with this. Um, you never know with these two. Um, Megan, she was barely in this episode. She was there to look for Don. They show her acting. Not much happened in this episode. Betty, same thing. She was just kind of there to facilitate Sally getting to the boarding school. Um, Ken, he's done with Chevy. Loses an eye or... He has to wear an eye patch. I don't know if he's lost it. And Roger just completely calls him Cyclops, does, just calls him a pirate. Does, this is a complete jerk to him, which was hilarious. Um, but his, but Ken's pulling out of Chevy gets Pete to kind of slither in like the snake he is. He doesn't want Bob to be there, 
but he calls so he looks into Bob and finds very mysterious things about Bob. He's dealt with that before. With Don Draper, he called Don out and he got nowhere. Got nowhere with it. This time, he's keeping Bob Bob's secret to himself. And he's gonna use it. He's gonna use it for his own personal gain. Because he's a snake. Um Bob, you could see uh, at one point they show Bob uh, yelling in Spanish about that jerk, uh, Pete. He's talking to Manolo, who apparently still runs into uh, Pete's mother, even though Pete forbids it. Uh, but Manolo does not like women. That's what Bob said. And Bob, and Bob, still covering up um, what he did for what he, he with his knee for Pete. But I'm, I'm thinking now. They said that Bob was in a position at another place where he kind of followed a, a partner around. I don't know if it was like the boyfriend or the boy toy or something like that. Did he think this is how I'm going to kind of weasel my way in here too to do favors for Pete? Maybe he wasn't showing affection or love. Maybe he was doing something for personal gain himself. I don't know. Or taking it a tip. But that's a, real, that's a really risky thing to do. So I, I might be overthinking that. Um, Ted and Peggy. Ted and Peggy. There's definitely some uncomfortableness, flirting. Everyone sees it, even even their secretary sees it. And, you know, Don told Ted that. Everyone's seeing this. You need to. So the other day, Peggy goes, later on, Peggy goes to Ted's office. He left early. He left once. Once she found out he was looking for him, he left. So he probably is feeling immense guilt. And he's trying to not, he's trying to avoid Peggy at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, and Don, as much as he wants to get Sally back, he also seems really, really defensive about Peggy and Ted. Now, it might not be, it's obviously not the, the adultery thing, because Don Draper worrying about adultery to anything is ridiculous, but maybe he sees it an issue with maybe he sees that as he can use that as a power play for himself and, or, maybe he is looking out for Peggy, because he cares so much about Peggy, and he doesn't want to see her be taken advantage of in any way. Just things, thoughts going through my head. Um, when they were meeting, talking about Sunkiss, Don did say, I'm, I apologize. I think uh, I, I, um, you know, I, um, I, I, I need to be more clear with you. And, you know, Ted was like, you know, you think you call, you, you take someone at their word when you do them a favor. That was him thinking that Don would back off on Sunkiss and give the motion spray because he helped with doctor and doctor wife's kid, you know, getting him in the uh, Air National Guard. Um, or was it the American? Yeah, Air National Guard, yeah. I think I've covered everything. Bert was in this episode for no real reason, just to just to say crocodile tears to, to Pete. Um, so Ken's off Chevy. Pete's on Chevy with Bob. He's using Bob's secret as himself, of his, of his own, for his own gain. Peggy and Ted are very too close at work. Don doesn't like it. And um, yeah, I think that covered just... And Sally, might be, it looks like she might be going to boarding school and liking it. I think that's it. I'm going to go watch the Golden Globes now. So, my friends, I want to thank you for listening. You can find me on Twitter at MadeManPod, but follow me on my main account. My main Twitter account is GeekMentality. Because going forward, I'm going to have other podcasts. Now, I talked about having a Star Trek podcast. I haven't started that yet. Uh, I'm still thinking about doing that. I already made a Twitter account, which was dumb. I already made announcements, which was dumb. I'm thinking about that. But that is a long-form one. I need other ones that are 
for shows that I, I have a beginning and an end um, and are just one series, not 10 different series. So there will be other ones because after next week, we're going to be starting the last season of Mad Men, which means the last season of Made Man. All right. There's no reboot. There's no eighth season. This is it. But we're not there yet. We're still in the sixth season. We still have one episode left in the sixth season. And that's next week. But for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And thank you for coming along with me on this journey as I strive to become a made man. Fans not experts.